the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What should people do? Give me a call or go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. Either way, the phone number is 330-664-0700. And that website, again, is BullingtonCapital.com. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, then. Hour number three is underway on Fist Bump Friday. If you didn't hear it, it's Fist Bump Friday. Now you know it. Make it a thing. I invented it this morning off the cuff. I walked into the Fish Studio, which is down the hall from our studio, And I went to Len and Sarah, and I said, hey, happy Fist Bump Friday. And I fist bumped them, and I fist bumped the guests that they had in there who I never met before. And my goal here is for everybody to fist bump everybody else. Friday's a good day. It's a good day. It's the start of the weekend. I'm in a good mood. It should put you in a good mood. And what better way to do that than to fist bump everybody you see? If you see somebody you don't know, just say, happy Fist Bump Friday, and give them a fist bump. Everybody will smile. I want it to go viral. Thanks to uh, Senator J.D. Vance for coming into our studio last half hour. If you missed the interview, you will uh, hear it. It will be uploaded uh, soon at whkradio.com. I will upload it and photos to all my socials on Rumble, on uh, on uh, Facebook at Always Write Radio, Rumble at Always Write Radio, Truth Social at Always Write uh, WHK, and on Twitter at France Rants. Yeah, I still call it Twitter. Sue me. Uh, find me there at France Rants, F-R-A-N-T-Z-R-A-N-T-Z. So, Seth, what was your impression of the uh, senator? I, I think he's great. I mean, I, I love that guy. I mean, he's very, he seems very sincere to me. I mean, I, I met him uh, last year at a Christmas event, and he seemed very nice there, too. Yeah, he's... yeah I kind of got the same feeling. He's a very genuine guy. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, for, for those who don't know his background and story from the book that he wrote called Hillbilly Elegy, which is an autobiography, and the... Uh, uh, the movie based on that book, um, this is, you know, he, he's a graduate of Harvard and Yale. Oh, clearly he's an elitist, you know, white, silver spoon, white privilege, you know, uh, elitist. He's the farthest thing from that. He's Appalachian. He was raised in a in a very, very rural, hillbilly type setting. It's what he would call his family, hence the hillbilly elegy title. And... Um, 
he is about as genuine and sincere as as of a politician as I think you'll meet. Uh, and I've met a lot of them. Um, I I detect no pretentiousness. I detect no insincerity. It's like hey, I've got to smile and uh, shake hands and kiss babies because that's what politicians do to get votes. I think he's down to earth as it gets because that's what he came from. He came from, like I said, a very, very poor rural upbringing where his mother, of course, very widely known, he talks about it all the time when he talks about the fentanyl scourge in this country coming across the border because his mother uh, was an addict. And uh, and uh, I think he is as genuine and sincere as, as they come. And quite frankly, I also think he's striking just about every single chord with all of the votes and the uh, uh, proposals that he has uh, uh, introduced since he's been in, in the Senate. I think he's hitting it all just right. I've seen radio guys walk across a parking lot with security and push people aside. He came in here very genuine again and took pictures with everybody, was very friendly to everybody, met everybody. And, uh, yeah, that's the kind of guy you want in office. Well, it's like I said at the beginning when he came in. Um, That's why I wanted to tell the story. This is a sitting United States senator. And we were leaving the Tucker Carlson event, the pro-life event that was an anti-issue one thing that was held a few weeks back. And um, he was, his, you know, it, it, we were downtown and, and uh, at the uh, uh, Radisson, I think it was Radisson. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the valet was bringing his car around and my wife and I were standing there waiting for ours. They brought his around. He was like, I don't know, 25 feet away from me or whatever. He was getting into his car. He's on his way. And then he saw me and I gave him a wave because I had talked to him earlier in the evening in the inside the ballroom in the area where the where the event was held. And so, you know. Renaissance? He, Renaissance, yeah, thank yeah. you. Not Radisson, Renaissance, thank <laughs> you. I, was, I couldn't think of the R word. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so I had talked to him, and it was a great conversation, but then we were just standing, so I just gave him a wave. It's like, you know, hey, bye. He stopped his car and got out of the car that came over and said, is this your wife? And shook my hand and said, great to meet you. That's the first time I had met him in person. We've talked on the radio, obviously, a dozen times already. He said, is this your wife? I said, introduce my wife. And, and it wasn't to get votes. He knows me. He knows where I stand. He knows that my wife is probably in the same same ideological mindset. And he came over and greeted her personally and talked with us for, for a few seconds. Did not have to do that. That's a sitting United States senator. It made such an impression on my wife, and it made me really proud to be able to support this guy uh, as much as I have. Um, that's sincerity. That's not, like I said, that's not politics or excuse me, politicians doing politics, that's a guy who really wanted to be down-to-earth and relatable, and, well, I, and I appreciated that. Those are the kind of people you want in office, no doubt. I mean, exactly. So. That's exactly right. And uh, you know, not, and not just because, hey, he's a nice guy, I want him in office. No, 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 no. He's a nice guy who is also doing the right things. Okay. He is backing everything that I think he said he was going to back when he ran for, for Senate. So um, I, have, I have a lot of respect for that. All right, so if you missed that interview with J.D. Vance, it'll be up soon at whkradio.com and on all of my socials. The rest of the show is going to be yours. It's a free-for-all Friday. You pick the topic. We will talk about it. We've had great conversations all day today and all week long. If there's something you've been wanting to hit, this is your chance to hit it. 216-901-0945. Sally is in Berea on line one, up first, AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Sally. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Happy Fist <clears throat> but Bump Friday. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I just want, I want to make it. Last-minute appeal for a vote vote no on issues one and two because both have very serious mental health concerns. The dangers of the transgender social contagion and the threats to the legality of parental rights have been widely discussed regarding issue one, but less publicity has been given to issue two. 
Marijuana has long been considered a gateway drug, with the risk that users will move on to get even higher with um, opioids, opioids, opioids and fentanyl. Yeah. Prolonged use of the current more potent strains of marijuana have been shown to alter brain chemistry enough to cause impaired judgment and possibly even some psychotic uh, episodes. In states that have already legalized recreational use, the frequency of related traffic accidents has increased, as mentioned by Senator Vance. But this information is often underreported and suppressed in order to ensure the sale of profits profits from the sale of this cash cow. So Ohio voters can take a stand by voting no on both issues one and two. Thanks, Bob. You got it. Thank you um, for the call. Uh, Sally, and you're you're obviously 100% right, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get Senator Vance to speak on that, because he has been very vocal about his opposition to Issue 1, but not a lot of the interviews he's done or statements he's made or whatever about being opposed to Issue 2 have gotten out there, which is why I wanted to get it out there. <clears throat> so it was very important to hear that. I actually did a road rant about this this morning on my way into this studio. For those, I, I tell you this from time to time, uh, I do road rants. Um, I do some of my best thinking when I'm behind the wheel and I'm going to be there for a little while and I'm all by myself and I'm thinking about things. So I always mount my camera to my dash and uh, and sometimes I'll just tap record and I'll give you my thoughts on what's going on. And today on the way into this studio, I did a road rant on issue two. Uh, I posted it on Twitter. I posted it on Facebook, Twitter at France Rants, Facebook at Always Right Radio. And, uh, and I'll put it up on, uh, and it's on my Rumble page too, which is Always Right Radio. And it underscores exactly what you just said. It is so devastatingly dangerous on two fronts. One, psychologically and mentally, it impairs the brain. Every child psychologist, child psychiatrist, and quite frankly, pediatrician will tell you about the impact that has on, on uh, young preformative brains. You know, where your, your frontal lobe is not, is not developed. Uh, and it's impacted by prolonged use of things like marijuana. And then the second front, of course, is, as you pointed out, and, uh, and Senator Vance did too, is, is impaired driving. Um, it's it's uh, the numbers, the, st- the statistics are irrefutable. They're staggering, quite frankly. When you um, when you take a look at uh, traffic accidents in the twenty what one states, I think now, I think there's twenty one states that have uh, have have adopted uh, recreational marijuana laws and and they allow it. And the traffic accidents accidents are through the roof. And the reason why is people are not afraid of getting popped because weed stays in your system for up to thirty days. Mer- I mean, uh, alcohol, drunk drivers can be tested and found to be drunk on the spot by breathalyzers. And if they don't do that, they, you know, they, of course, uh, uh, do a urine test. And if you refuse to test, then you are just pronounced guilty and you lose your license and all these other things. People are a little bit more afraid of drunk driving, even though they do it all of the time with weed. Nobody's afraid because if they get tested, uh, which you can't do on the side of the road, you have to essentially do a do a urine or a blood test with um with with weed, they can always say, um, yeah, I had weed in my system, but it was from three weeks ago, two weeks ago, one week ago, two days ago, yesterday. And I'm not high right now, but the weed stays in the system for 30 days. So it puts more people who are potheads on the road because they're not afraid of getting, uh, you know, losing their license or or getting, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, cited for it. So it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. And I'm glad uh, to know that Senator Vance is opposed to it. I was glad to get that uh, 
uh, message from him, and I hope people will watch the road rant. Like I said, watch the road rant, and moreover, share the road rant. Like I said, I just put it on my social media pages, and I certainly hope people will uh, will share that message. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Those are the numbers to get here. We're going to take a short time out. We'll come back. What's on your mind on a free for all Friday? What do you want to say about issue one? What do you want to say about issue two? Do you know anybody, by the way, before I take this break? Do you know anybody that is yes or no on one and yes on two? I saw today on my Facebook page this morning people doing that. They're saying no on one because they, they do believe it goes too far, but they're yes on two because they like the idea of, of being able to get high whenever they want. Um, or whatever their reason is, their reason is. And I have a problem with that. I'm responding to those people saying you're only half right. Let's be no on two for all of the reasons. Mortgage Miracle Contest now by going to WHK Contests. That's whkradio.com slash contests. So, uh... Fist Bump Friday is gaining a little bit of traction, at least on my Facebook page. 25 people have said, yeah, I'm in, either liking or loving it. Some people uh, are commenting on it as well. Um, Khalid, our friend Khalid Namar says, I didn't invent it. He thinks it was Al Gore. (laughs) Does Al Gore still claim inventing the Internet? I think he still does, doesn't he? Sandy says, people in a bad mood, for whatever reason, need a fist bump also. Maybe it'll change their mood. Good point, because my whole point was, it's Friday. We should all be in a good mood, fist bump one another, and, uh, uh, and, uh, and share that good uh, positive vibe as we head into the weekend. Bill says, Big Mike at Midview stands at the front door every Friday and fist bumps every student that enters. He made it a thing a few years back. Love it. Love that. That's awesome. So Big Mike might have been doing it first, but uh, he didn't name it. I named it Fist Bump Friday, so I want the, I want credit for it. Rick says, it sounds better than you yelling, give me f- <laughs> one of my former players. Give me a 1,000 push-ups, Krieg. <laughs> he never did do those 1,000. I bet he hasn't done a 1,000 in the 30 years since it's been since then. So anyway, uh, that's a real positive thing. Seth, you said you know people uh, that I just described. I I kind of suspect that um, most people who are no on one are also no on two, just typically because pro-life lends itself to more of the conservative point of view, and so does anti-drugs. Pro-choice lends itself to more left-wing, and so so does pro-drugs. But you know some people who are splitting it uh, down the middle, huh? Uh, Yeah, for the first time ever, I might totally disagree with you. I I think that the... uh... The marijuana crowd is a lot larger than you think, and a lot of conservative people are actually smoking a lot of weed. Um, now that's just—I mean, I think I, you're probably I right, but I know a lot of people that 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 I talk to that do. Well, let's put it this way: uh, you're probably right. Of those who are anti-drugs, the overwhelming majority of them would probably be political conservatives. That's not to say that the politi- some, uh, there aren't conservatives who smoke weed. I think the needle saying, has moved. Of those who are anti, so you think they're of 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 a pool of say a thousand people who are anti-drugs, generally speaking. What percentage of that thousand, or uh, would you say, are 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 left-wing ideologically versus conservative? The people I talk to are more conservative, no doubt. But I, I, I obviously, I think the majority of pot smokers are going to be left-wing. Yeah. But I think the needle has moved when it comes to a lot of Republicans who don't think that. Don't look at marijuana the same way that they look at other drugs. I talked to somebody the other night um, who 
literally said, look, I, I draw the line of marijuana. Because I said, well, where do you draw the line? If you're okay with one drug, where do you draw the line with everything else? Right. And what's next? And they said, look, marijuana is not like the other drugs. You can smoke, you can drink alcohol. Smoking weed is not as bad as that. And that's their, their stance. And I, I've met a lot of people that are very conservative that don't believe in, in murdering babies, but they believe in a right to smoke some pot. You talk to, you talk to these people over bong rips? I, I don't. No. I, oh, okay. No. Just check it. That's not my thing. I'm not, <clears throat> you know, I do not smoke at all. No, I, and, and I know there are people like that out there, and I know there are conservative people who still like weed, but the bottom line is it doesn't mean it should be legalized, especially considering what I described earlier on and J.D. Vance described earlier on, and that is it's an effect on kids. If it is legalized, it is going to be much more available. If it is legalized, more people are going to have it in their hands that wouldn't have had it in their hands before because they're afraid of what if I'm buying it from an undercover cop and I'm going to get popped. Um, If it's legalized, there's no fear of buying it. There's no fear of getting popped. So the more places it's in, the more chances there are that it's going to be in the hands of kids. And the damage that it does to kids is irrefutable. Regard, even if you think, hey, it's it, it's fine to smoke weed if you're an adult, the fact is it's going to be in more kids' hands than ever before if they make it recreation. And I totally agree with you. And, I, and I've been to states. I just like, I took my daughter to Detroit. My daughter's 16, so I'm worried about this stuff every day with her Yeah, uh, because of kids getting a hold of this stuff. But we took her to Detroit. She wanted to go see the Motown Museum. And as soon as you cross the line. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. A 16-year-old knows of Motown? Oh, she loves Motown. How? She loves, she loves Elvis. She loves that's pretty Motown. incredible. Yeah, so that, that's cool. <laughs> And so we took her up there to see the Motown Museum, and the second you cross the state line into Michigan, every billboard, every single one, is stop here to get pot. Stop here. Stop here. Wow. Cannabis this, cannabis that. Stop. I mean, there's stores just everywhere. They're littered yeah. from on the side of the road, and it's... And and I guarantee you, Michigan's uh, traffic accident rate is going to skyrocket, just like Colorado's, just like every other state. There's, like I said, 21 of, them, 21 of them have done this now. How many dead bodies piled up does it take? And when we went to Vegas, and this is where I agree with Senator Vance, we went to Vegas, you couldn't go down a street without it smelling like weed. Everywhere you went, it just smelled like marijuana. And you know what it smells like now? Skunk. Yeah. And and that's because, and, and I'm glad you brought up, you said there are a lot more, the needle has moved. The needle has moved and more mainstream, even conservative people are pro-pot. Despite the fact that today's pot is not yesterday's pot. Today's pot is not the pot that was available in the 80s to teenagers or in the 70s or even in the 60s. It is, I mean, THC levels, I think, used to be what, like 4%? Now it's like 38%. It smells like skunk. There used to be something I remember. I was, you probably may or may not believe this, but I was an RA my senior year at Heidelberg. So I was the narc. I was the guy who, you know, if I'm smelling weed, and of course, you know, you don't, you don't bust every single person you see. But, uh, but, I, but I was an RA, and I, there was a difference when you would smell weed coming from a place that was just, I know that smell, that's weed, and I know that smell, that's skunk weed. Right. It was, it was, I don't know if it was cut with or laced with like hashish or whatever, whatever. it was, but it, it made it super, super strong smell, a very different smell. Now that's all weed. All weed smells like that. You walk by, like he said, and like you said in Vegas, down streets, into rooms, into buildings. You can walking down dorm hallways in college, uh, college dorms. It is overwhelming and it smells like skunk because it's so much more powerful than ever before and that makes it so much more dangerous than ever before. One, these stores look like candy shops when you go in, all the different types of stuff that you can buy. But two, even around here, Bob, I'm telling you, we Because they want to appeal to the market that is kids. I mean, it looks like colorful, you know, 
candies hanging yeah. on the wall. But even around here, because my wife and I do some you know, side work where we DoorDash, and the apartments and stuff that we go to in, in, in here in Cleveland, I'd say over half of them smell like weed when you walk in. You can smell it. You can smell it come from people. They're all smoking it. Yeah. I, I, and it's I, still not legal here. And it's still not legal. And, and if you think it- Right up to birth, regardless of where you stand on abortion, issue one goes too far. Vote no on issue one. Paid for by Cleveland Right to Life. Keeping you informed among the uninformed. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. All right, 216-901-0945. got time for a few more phone calls in this last segment of Free For All Friday. What do you want to talk about? Issue 1, Issue 2. I just posted a road rant on Issue 2. We've been talking about Issue 1 for a very long time. We will do more of that on Monday, the last day before the election on Tuesday. We will do it on Tuesday, Election Day as well. But um, as we head into this weekend, know that you can vote today and know that you can vote tomorrow. I doubt any of the boards of elections are open on Sunday. And you might want to check the hours for Saturday, tomorrow. But if you can vote early to save yourself the stress of long lines and possibly not making it to vote during your lunch break and back on time to clock in for the afternoon or whatever other problems might stop you from casting a ballot uh, for of no on issue one, and no on issue two, and for the right school board candidates to get the indoctrination out of your school district. All of these things are so important, too important to screw around and risk not getting out to be able to vote on Tuesday. So cast your vote early if you can at your local board of elections today, or like I said, if they're open tomorrow and on Monday. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Let's go to Yanina uh, in University Heights. Yanina, go right ahead. You're on the air. Yes, good morning. I already did everything. I was the first one, and I worked for everything, no, 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 for everything the second day of the election. Good for you. Okay, and now I want to talk about something else. Okay. Now, first of all, I want to make sure that somebody has to deal with uh, Rashid Tlaib about the flag. Okay. Because if she is in Congress, and she in Congress represented the United States of America, she's not supposed to have the flag of the Palestinians. She has a Palestinian flag in her house, but not because if the Palestinians say death to America, death to Israel, who is she represent? That's one thing. Well, we know, we, know, we know the answer to that. She does not represent yes. the people of the United States. She represents Palestinians around the world. She just happens to be able to represent them better from a position in the United States Congress. So you're exactly. right, of course, she should not have that flag, but it really does... Uh, you know, answer the question of who she represents. You're right. Then she, somebody has to talk to her, and she, she has to know her place and her idea. She has to, before she comes to work, she can do it at home at her discretion, but not telling America that we need to be dealing with Palestinian people, you know, killing America and killing Israelis. That's the second thing. Also, there is an organization called you know, on the Fox News last night, there was a former member of the Muslim Brotherhood, black lady. Her name is Ayan Hirsi Ali, and now she's a researcher in the Hoover Institute. Yeah. And it would be a great idea if you invite her to your meeting. And uh, uh, also because she now she is a 
in the Hoover Institute and making some research. Her name is Ayan Hirsche Ali. Yeah, I know who she is. I, I've heard her many times. She's uh, she's a very, very good spokesperson against uh, the, the Muslim Brotherhood and the terrorism. Right. And also another organization called Jexit, J-E-X-I-T, which is yep. encouraging Jewish people to disengage themselves from Democratic Party, yep. which is not for it, it's not for them. Also, in Costco, there is a great book by Mark Levine, Mike Levine, Democratic Party, an Enemy of America. Yeah, Mark Levin is uh, fantastic. He's the great one, and uh, and that that one before. And thank you, Yanina, for the call. <clears throat> the one before that is so incredibly important. The um, the Jexit, which of course is you know it's the new the new slang. Brexit was the British exit from the European Union, and Jexit is the Jewish exit from the Democrat Party. And I completely concur. I don't understand how. American Jews would continue to support a party that is literally split on whether or not they support them back. They do not have their back in, in, in any kind of a united front. The Republican Party is doing more for Jews in America and more for Israeli Jews than anyone else. And how uh, they have not yet uh, jexited, as you say, uh, from that party is a mystery to me. Thank you. Uh, John is in uh, Chardon. Hi, John. You're on the air. Fire away. Hey, good morning, Bob. <laughs> good morning. Uh, I... I go to Island Shard, so it's the county seat. So I go to the Board of Elections, and I get a sample ballot, and I bring it home, and my wife and I study it. So we know what we're doing before we go in to vote. So I think that's very important, just a suggestion for the audience. Item number two, mm-hmm. the Holy Bible in your church or synagogue is your reference for living a good life and making a solid, productive citizen of it. Uh, Versus a mere marijuana leading to addiction on that and a number of drugs can take you out of the driver's seat and becomes the driver's seat of your life. Well, you're right. It does. Uh, and, and that's very well said, uh, John. And thank you for the call. Addiction does. It, I mean, you know, and again, I'm not a I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist or anybody who can talk about addiction with any degree of authority other than observationally and through common sense. I try to make everything common sensible, sensible. Um, People who are addicts are literally out of control. If you are addicted to something, it does control your life. And why would we as reasonable, common sensible people want to make it easier for addiction to happen? Whether it's addiction to marijuana or to cocaine or to, uh, you know, um, methamphetamines or uh, opioids or anything. I mean, I think it's been said a billion times, and I'll say it again, nobody starts out a cokehead. I guarantee you, Hunter Biden, maybe the most famous cokehead in America, did not start out with cocaine. Almost everybody who's ever started and become hardcore drug addicts start out with marijuana. You start out smoking a little reefer with this person, that person. You start to enjoy it. It makes you feel really good. And then you want it again. And then you're like, I want to feel a little bit better. And I'm talking about over the course, generally speaking, of months and years and whatnot. And then it's like you're looking for something a little bit stronger. And somebody says, man, if you like that, you'll love this. Pretty soon you're dropping an X tablet. It starts there. Why anybody would want to create more addicts from the gateway drug that is marijuana is beyond my comprehension, particularly given, the, like I said before, the impact that it has on young people who are always, why do you think dealers go to schoolyards? Why do you think that is? 
Dealers go to schoolyards because when you create a young addict, you have a customer for life. They'll keep coming back to you. Uh, they're much more impressionable by it. It impacts them so much more. How anybody could support issue two, again, even if you're looking at it on grounds of, well, I believe in liberty, I believe in freedom, Your government shouldn't tell me I can't smoke a little reefer. Okay, can the government tell you you can't snort coke? Should the government be able to tell you you can't burn crack in a pipe or on a spoon? Can, should the government tell you you can't use, uh, use heroin? There are reasonable limitations even for a free country. That's why we have laws. And this free country should recognize that we already have a powerful addictive drug out there called alcohol, which we are never going to get rid of again. We tried it with prohibition. It led to you know, a disastrous outcome, which is why it was repealed about a year after it was imposed. Alcohol is enough of the addictive drugs for this, which, and again, there's another important point to that too. People drink alcohol not necessarily for the high effect or the drunk effect. People drink it as a beverage with their meals. Wine, certain types of wine go with certain types of food. It's not always drinking it to literally get drunk. There's one reason to smoke weed. One reason. And that is to get high. With the exception of the medicinal use, and people use it to dull and numb pain that can't be dulled or numbed by other methods. I am I am not opposed to the, the medical influence of and the medical benefits of of marijuana on people who are suffering from certain types of 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 diseases particularly cancer patients and so forth don't get me wrong but but people who use it recreational use it to get high people can drink just to drink the beverage and not to get drunk which is why they'll drink one glass of wine with uh, with a meal they'll have one beer uh in a social setting they won't do it to get drunk and there's no reason Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.